Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, we'll be doing a Let's See What's Up episode, and I will be giving you my initial thoughts on Twinkling Watermelon and The Worst of Evil. And I know, I know, those are dramas are totally different, two sides of the spectrum, but I wanted to go ahead and give my initial thoughts before we get too far along with them and kind of let you guys know what I'm thinking and if I'm sticking around with either one of them or both of them or none of them. I wanted to let you know that sooner rather than later. And then I'll be talking about a lot of other dramas um, in our Rambling Musings episode next week, hopefully. But I did want to pull these two out and kind of isolate them so they're not in that Ramblings and Musings episode and just kind of give them their own um, kind of spotlight. But yes, they are sharing the spotlight a little bit. (laughs) Um, So how I am with my Let's See What's Up episodes and any episodes where I'm talking about these, you know, talking about my initial thoughts or my thoughts on a drama, I always go ahead and give you a quick synopsis for uh, for the drama to let you know kind of what we're talking about if you don't know yet. And then after that, I go into my thoughts. And for this episode, I'm going to structure it where I talk about Twinkling Watermelon first. So in case you don't want to hear anything about something called the worst of evil, then you don't have to stick around for the later half of this episode. But I will start with Twinkling Watermelon and I will start with its synopsis first. And of course, my synopsis are usually just found anywhere online, but this time I did pull it from my drama list. All right, so we have here, in 2023, Ungul, played by Yo Un, is a high schooler with a passion for music. During the day, he is a studious model pupil, but at night, he rocks out as a guitarist in a band. But when he stumbles across a strange yet alluring music store, he goes hurtling back in time to 1995. Here, he comes face to face with his father, Ha Yi Chan, played by Che Huan Wook, as a high schooler. Yi Chan takes Ungul for a lunatic when the latter calls him dad. Worse still, it looks like Yi Chan has a crush on an icy cellist named Sekyung, played by Sol Ena, who is not his future mother, Chung Ah, played by Shin Eun Soo. In a bid to put things right, Ungul joins a band fronted by his future father. But will this be enough to help Ungul bring his future parents together? And will he ever get back to the future. (laughs) I added that there. That is not in the original synopsis on my drama list, but I said back to the future because this is my initial thoughts. This is my first thought about this drama. Back to the future again? Time traveling again? Yes. This is the year of the time traveling drama. It just has to be. I mean, we have not got a month without one. And I have not got a month without one. And it's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. And just recently, in a previous episode, I mentioned how I was over the time traveling and past lives drama or concepts. And I just was over it. And I was like, I can't do any more. I'll see you in next year with that. Um, But... Look what we have here, (laughs) me watching another time traveling drama. So I will give myself some some credit here where I, not even credit, I will give myself the fact that I did not know this was about time traveling or had the um, concept of time traveling in it at all. What you guys know how I've been approaching dramas this year, um, the last couple of years is that I kind of just jump in blindly because that forces me to check out a drama and not have any kind of preconceived judgments about it before I even start it. So I'm glad that I did not know ahead of time that it was time traveling until I was prepared to watch it. Um, But I will say that I had made my mind up to watch this drama just because of the cast, which is usually my my kind of go point with me checking out dramas anyway. And I thoroughly, thoroughly knew I had to support um, my two new loves, which is Che Kwon Wook and Yoon. I love them both. I absolutely adore them. I support their careers. I want them to be more and more successful and make more and more dramas that I can watch because I thoroughly love them as just um, actors. And so I was really going to watch this drama no matter what it was about. I'm going to be honest. Because I got to show them all of the support. And so I was going to watch it. Now, 
yes, I did heave a kind of heavy sigh when I saw that it was about time traveling, but that did not stop me at all. Um, The other thought that I had, knowing that the premise was time traveling, was also the fact that we're going back to the 90s. It's like, guys, guys, the 90s again? Um, I want a different time period, but... Other than that, I was like, okay, let's 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 make amends, let's make peace with it. We are watching this drama. So now let's talk about the story itself outside of just what the synopsis gave us, because this synopsis does not at all discuss a huge element to this to this drama. And it's actually about our kind of lead character Ungul and his parents. And the fact that his parents are both deaf his mother and his father, as well as his older brother. And he is the only one in his family who is hearing. And this is a structure that the drama itself sets up because as we know, Ungul has this huge passion for music. He loves playing the guitar. He's highly skilled at playing the guitar. And yet he um, has this kind of world full of music and sound. And then he has this other world, which is his world at home, which is technically in silence. Um, And so the drama itself does set up this kind of contrast between these two spaces that our lead character Ungul is operating in between. And the thing that the drama also sets up with this kind of premise regarding um, a coda, which is a child of a deaf father or a deaf mother, or in this case, and a deaf mother, it does set up this pressure that our lead character feels. Ungul absolutely adores his family, loves them to pieces, um, so much so that a lot of what we see from him as a teenager in high school is him kind of prioritizing these things in his life. And he prioritizes music kind of at the bottom of the list. And then above music, he has school, but then above school and music is his family. He will drop the other two if it means he has to be there for his family. That is something that he himself says um, kind of multiple times in the first two episodes. And that is an aspect to a character that obviously sets them up to be prepared to um, fight with one, fight with the 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 concept of those conflicting with one another, be it his school or grades failing because of music or be it him not able to do music because of his family. You know, so all of these things are kind of things he has juggling up in the air. And we are going to watch this lead character, Ungul, have to not just juggle them, but kind of make amends with them and and put them in a place where they can coexist without um, the pressure that he's feeling from all of them. The other thing that this drama sets up for us is not just these things that our lead character is juggling um, or prioritizing or just kind of things that make up his life. It's this fantasy element of him time traveling back to a time where he gets to see his family as in his mother and father in a different space and different time interacting with each other in in a totally different way but also he gets to see music kind of coexist with this. When in his present day, those things are at war with one another. Those things are in contrast. In in the present day, his father is strongly against this concept of him um, being in a band because he knows that that will jeopardize him being in school and his grades and him becoming a doctor. He does not believe that is his son. He said they have a big blowout in the beginning of this drama where his father is blindsided by this concept that, hey, your son has been doing this thing behind your back this entire time. And it's a thing that you can't yourself participate in and that you don't fully support. And it does not, you know, support him being a doctor in the future and doing really well at school. And then you have our main character, Ungul, being at odds with his father and confronting his father with this idea of that, I understand that you want these things from me and you want me to be this type of person. However, this is 
who I am. I love music. I'm I'm an amazing guitarist. I would love to be in a band. This is something I want to put my energies and efforts into. And these two obviously are at war. These two are butting heads. So when we get the opportunity to see him go back into time to meet his younger father, he not only sees that his father is trying to um, front a band, but he also gets to see his father hearing, which he has not obviously in his, you know, young life been able to see. And so this again, puts everything, um, his family, music, and as well as, you know, him watching his father and his mother be in school and him having to navigate that with them in the 90s, he gets all of that into one. And I really appreciated this this kind of switch um, for this character where he at one point is without, and then when he goes into this past, he gets to have the things that he feels like he is without in the present. Now, the thing that I'm, um, the reason why I'm pointing that out is because with time traveling dramas, that is usually the kind of setup. And we have a situation where a child in the present has some kind of issues with their parents. And like I said, back to the future. I mean, there's, I mean, my perfect stranger this year, even miraculous brothers. Like there are so many of this kind of time traveling concept where the, you, you are in the present and you are butting heads with someone or you're at odds with someone or you lose something or you lose someone and then the minute you get the opportunity to go back to the past even though he does not mean to go back into the past but you go back into into the past and then you get to re-experience these things in a totally different element a totally different space and a space that is not your own and that is the opportunity for you to kind of um, learn about those things that you are have lost or you're without or that you were judging or that you were fighting against in the, in the present but also a way for you to see how yourself would be affected in that same space so it's like if you get to go back in a time where your parents were dealing with this this and this you would learn more about yourself and how you deal with those things or how you are dealing with things in the present. And so I always like that setup. I think it's a great setup. As much as I'm tired of time traveling, I actually really like time traveling stories. So it's not that I hate the concept. I actually really support it and like it most of the times. I just feel like I'm a little time traveled out for the year. But I will say that this story and the way that they have already approached the time traveling, they have done a great job of kind of setting up um, not the reason... I mean, not the the way the time travel happened. Like they didn't kind of go in, into explaining anything. There is a music store that looks really cool. He steps into it. All of a sudden he walks out, he's back in time, you know? So it's really simple as far as the setup and transportation back to back into the, the past. But then also we are get the setup easily explained to us that this is going to be about a son who gets to revisit or to experience his father at a time that he had his hearing, but also at a time before he met his mother or before he, you know, fell in love with his mother. And also in a time where he gets to see his father being a part of this thing that he loves so much, which is music. So I really, really like it. I really, really love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Now, the other thing that I really, really have been impressed with as far as this drama goes is the the way that they have been presenting diversity in the deaf community and the way that they have been showcasing communication in the deaf community and the culture in the deaf community through the lens of this one family. I honestly believe that it's not a drama specifically where all the characters are um, hard of hearing or hearing impaired, but it is. A, but the the but having a family where multiple um, people are representing being hard of hearing or being deaf. It's really important in a way to show diversity in the deaf community because each of them experience their, you know, their inability to hear in different ways. Like our younger brother, who, I'm sorry, our older brother of our main character, Ungul, he is super, you know, cool. He's a social media influencer and he is very active. He has multiple girlfriends. You know, you just show him kind of in his space and his day to day and how how cool he is. Um, but at the same time, you get to see his father who has been struggling with this idea 
that that people try to silence them and and literally not hear them when they have things to say and that is something that I mean, I'm pretty sure most people in the deaf community have to deal with and one of the things that they have to fight every day. But I think it was cool and impressive that they were showing that with one of the characters. And then you have this mother who is also, again, deaf, but in her eyes, all she is doing is prioritizing her son. And they also show her ability to be very in tune with her son. She is absolutely the only one who is picking up on these little details about the fact that her son when she goes she's looking for him you know when he's studying to drop off food for him and he's not there and she's just recognizing that he's obviously keeping something from his family but she does not pry she does not ask for him to explain what's going on but she does at the same time project that she wants to keep her husband his father happy and part of keeping her husband his father happy is him being a good outstanding model student son you know and going on to graduate and go to medical school and be a doctor you know those are the things that she is putting on to her son as well but it does also still at the same time show her in this way that she is able to still see um, and pick up on a lot of things that are going on with her son despite her still also putting pressure on him as well so I really like that aspect of the story and again I'm not a part of the community the deaf community so I don't know if they're portraying anything incorrectly or improperly I don't know that but from the perspective of someone just kind of getting to see these characters and kind of interact with one another I've been really enjoying seeing how they're being portrayed another element that I like about the way that they're portraying the characters and the people and the characters that are interacting with them I like how they show them talking being talked to directly even though there is the presence of a, a sign language interpreter they are talking to them, you know, face to face, eye to eye, and then they still give the time for the interpreters to kind of communicate what they're saying. So, I mean, I just like the little details that they are putting in there so that things that if you don't get to interact with people in the deaf community, you probably don't pay attention to or you don't get to see. So I've been really enjoying seeing that. Um, so either way, very well done very impressed with the way they have set those characters up. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out or that I thought of was that in the way that they presented the first in the first two episodes, we kind of get, um, and I don't know if this is important to the story at all, but for me, I, you know, just, I pick up on these things randomly. Um, so the structure, I only, I'm only talking about the first two episodes here. The structure of the first episode, we get to see present day, our two brothers and how they are interacting in the world. But we we also get to see how their experiences that they're experiencing look to be the same, but how different they really are. And I love that they kind of introduce us immediately to um, that contrast. Because again, we have a, a child who is kind of straddling the line between the, this world of sound and music and then this world of silence that he is kind of, you know, going in between and the pressure to be the connector to be the person who allows or be the kind of conduit for his family to the those hearing world and that is something that he struggles with and so I like that they set that up immediately in the opening scene with the two brothers in the little cafe now the other thing that happens right after we get that introduction of the present day we go straight into flashback when they are younger boys and their kind of um, life with their family. And that is also important because we get to in get introduced to our Ungul character and how um, much he does for his family at a young age and how he does already at that young age feel the pressure to be there for his brother at all times, um, to make sure his brother's okay. But then also when he isn't there, what happens? You know, what kind of things take place as in like something tragic happens when he is not there when he should be you know so it's, it's like things like that where we get already to see this young boy experiencing in this family the other thing we get to see 
is his appreciation and love for music, which comes randomly for him. Again, as a child who is kind of navigating this this world of sound and this world of silence, he gets into a gets to interact with this man, this older man who, an owner of a music store, he gets to interact with this man and he gets to actually experience with him this, this, this world of music that he really doesn't really know much about, if that makes sense. And it's not that the son does not know that music exists, but the way that he's introduced to it, the way that he's kind of drawn into it, he seems to be like, what is this world that's just like filled with all this music? Like, what is this. And so it's lovely to watch this kind of child experience something for the first time, which to everyone seems to be like, of course you, you know, it's music. What do you mean? But for him, it really is this big, big moment for him to actually recognize that he can take place and he can take part in music. So he does end up taking lessons from this this older gentleman who he calls, you know, like I call him, you know, grandpa from the music store. Um, but he gets to learn, take guitar lessons from him. He gets to learn how to read music, how to write music from him. And it also reveals how smart he is. He is like a musical prodigy, honestly. And this older man picks this up as in like, this boy can pick up the guitar that quickly, you know? So he's this musical prodigy. He's amazing at the guitar. He's amazing at music writing. And so we get to see that, but we also get to see him hiding that side of him. He continues to keep that hidden. He doesn't want his family to know. And he says, you know, it's not that he um, does it because he, you know, feels bad for them or anything. He just knows it doesn't matter because they can't hear it. So it does but you know, it's, and he keeps that hidden from them, and he doesn't feel guilty about that necessarily. But he does kind of express like it is is what it is. He's just made his peace with the idea that I have this thing that I want to enjoy that I'm involved in that my family is not. And I think he took some kind of relief from that, as in he's always living his life. It seems like for his family, but in this situation, this is something that he completely has all on his own. And he really appreciates that. And I think, again, that is a setup for this character where when he gets you know older and he wants to join a band and his father's fighting him against this, obviously that's kind of tracing him back to this time when he was younger and he had this thing. And then now that they know about it, now he sees what happens when they know about it, you know? So I, either way, I just love that setup for him as a young boy and him getting to to experience music and find music. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for symbolism. And I think, again, his the symbolism with his love of music and how his father seems to have this past connected to music despite him now being deaf. Like, there's so much there. And I am a sucker for that type of stuff. And I also, like I said, appreciate this kind of mentor figure from the music store. And I miss him. Like the fact that he passed was heartbreaking to me. Um, I just was so glad that they didn't do anything to his family. Um, I know that sounds horrible, but I was just like, please don't make this a story about something happening to his family. I was really nervous with that whole fire broke out. I'm going to be honest. So, I mean, unfortunately he did lose the, the, the grandpa from the music store, but he, you know, I, that, that did bother me. I'm not going to lie, but I'm glad that he, at the end of the day, didn't lose anyone from his actual immediate family. Cause that was concerning there for a second. Um, and I also don't know, I'm not going to speculate about like where this, this drama is going to go, but I do feel like this is shaping up to be a drama where I, I don't know what will really take place or like what will will he go? Which way will it go? And I kind of like that um, because with both time traveling stories, you you, you usually just kind of get this overhaul premise. You get how it's going to structurally work, but there should be, to me, some element of suspense to it. And I think that this drama does have it without it being really, you know, too cliche or, or there's like this kind of distressing or weird or spooky um, element to its suspense. Like this suspense is just, I don't genuinely know how this story is going to play out. And I like that, but I also am not afraid of how it's going to play out, if that makes sense. Um, so I really, really do like that already about this drama. 
And I'm good with the time traveling concept in this drama as long as no murder pops up. Because if no one is murdered in this drama, this drama is a win automatically. It's a time traveling drama of the year win because every other one this year has been about death and destruction and murder and, and just tears and sadness. And I don't, I can't stomach that again, but this, I think we can do. I think we can totally do this one. So I think I'm okay with twinkling watermelon. I am quite happy with this story so far, and I am actually enjoying this drama. And again, it's not to me right now, the best drama I've ever watched. No, by any means. But I do think that I'm already going to fall in love with these characters so much that that's going to take this drama um, a little bit higher than I think any of the other time traveling dramas that I watched this year because I just can already tell I love the character so much. I love Ungul. I love his his struggle and his fight that he is he is right now. And I love me a, a guitarist. I love me a musical genius. I love me a rock band any day. Give me a rock band in the drama and I'm there. Uh, I love it, love it, love it, love it. So I'm eating that up. I'm going to be honest. And also I love that Yi Chan, his father, like how he is as an adult, like his father, I totally could see the match or how it's going to feel like him when he was younger. And I'm already enjoying that. And I'm so interested to see this, this kind of question of how will his father end up with his mother and and how does it look if he was absolutely head over heels for this other girl when they were in high school so I'm really interested to see that transition as well there's a lot of good going for twinkling watermelon I have to say and so yeah super impressed super happy with it so far and I will be watching it so no question there as long as there's no death that is a murder um We'll be, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. And I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And then the team behind this, uh, the writer and the director, they've done a, quite a few, you know, big name, big name things. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried about this drama. I actually feel quite happy with it. So that is my initial thoughts on Twinkling Watermelon. All right, now let's talk about The Worst of Evil. And I am going to again start with a quick synopsis that I believe I got from my drama list as well. And then I'll go into my initial thoughts on it. Set in Seoul in the 1990s, here we are again guys, in the 90s, a former DJ, Jung Ki-chul, played by Wee Ha-joon, starts selling a new powerful drug nicknamed Gangnam Crystal and city nightclubs after mastering a gangster organization. Since the police know little about the origin of such drugs, in order to crack down on this rampant drug trafficking organization, rural police officer Pak Ju Moo, played by Ji Chang Wook, also known as Wookie, is assigned to sneak into the organization, only to discover that his wife, Yu Wee Jung, played by M. Se Mi, also a detective, has volunteered to participate in this dangerous mission and seems to have an unspeakable past with the heinous underground drug king. Pak Chumu in this drug-related mission, not only does he wholeheartedly fight the drug cartel, but he also works hard to protect his wife's safety at all times. That is the synopsis for the worst of evil, guys. And what do I start with? What's my initial thought? What is my first thought, guys? The premise is um, one of my all-time faves. <laughs> one of my all-time faves. Oh, it's one of my all-time faves. You got hidden identity. Um, you got drug cartels sneaking into drug cartels, pretending to be someone else you're not. You're not. There's action. There's fight sequences. Yeah, I. It's it's right down my alley. What do I say, guys? What do I say? The bromance possibilities are endless. What do I say, guys? What do I say? Oh, it's one of my favorite setups. It's one of my favorite types of stories. I just cannot pretend it's not. It is. So right off the bat, it had points going for it. Um, other thought, of course, as you got the Ji Chang Wook in it. Uh, my Wookiee is in this drama. And the thing to note about this is that I didn't watch him last year 
and the drama that he was in with Soo Young because of obvious reasons. It was sad. Um, <laughs> so I've been in a, a, a Chanwoo drought for a while now, and I've been disappointed in some past dramas of his, and I've been looking forward to the time when I can jump into another drama of his. Another thing to note about me and this drama is that I love Ji Chang Wook in action. That is my favorite way to have him. If I could have him, if I could choose, it would always be action. But I know he's always, you know, he said that it's just too rough on the body, so it's hard to do these dramas. So I kind of made my peace that I would never see him in anything too action based. Um, but lo and behold, here we are. We got some action. We got some fight sequences. Um, not so much acrobatic fight sequences, but fight scenes and, and action. And I, and lots of blood. I will go ahead and say that. Lots of blood and gore. Um, I guess Disney Plus is just on one this year, but lots of, lots of blood. Um, but I have to say that initially was just like, check mark, check mark, check mark. This drama had so many check marks for me and it was going to take me getting into these first three episodes of this drama and really digging to see if there's anything, if there's any holes in this, um, are there any boxes that will not be checked? Um, and I, and I went looking. So when I started this drama, like I said, all these things were going right. I was like, oh yes, all of this is what I need. Um, this is Ji Chang Wook in his best form, hidden identity plus action. I mean, come on guys. If you know me, you know my one of my favorite dramas of all time is Healer. He does both in that drama, hidden identity and action. Um, so I, I, so I was there. I was there. There was so much here that I was just like, when, where is it gonna fault? Where is it gonna fumble? Where, where, where? And then I thought, hmm. As I started watching the first three episodes, I started to see the the problem. Well, a problem, not a, the problem, a problem, a possible problem, a, a possible issue, a possible reason for concern. Um, and it was simply that I felt like I could plot out the rest of the story immediately. Like I could tell you what was gonna happen in episode four and five and six and seven, eight and nine and 10 and 11. You know, like I could tell you scene by scene. Like I, I really felt like I, the story I had watched before, like I know it already. And that to me isn't my favorite aspect. I mean, my favorite way of going into a drama, I'm gonna be honest. I would love it if this drama could, you know, make itself stand out to me and and be mind-blowingly different and fresh. And I'm not too sure if it is, which isn't to say, you know, that, you know, same old, same old is it can also not be good, but it made me a little concerned. I'm not going to lie. I was a little concerned because I was just like, could I get bored in this type of drama, which I absolutely should not be able to when you have all that action and you have all this suspense and the thrilling, the thrillingness of it, you should not be bored at any point. However, for me, I was getting concerned that there were there was too much that I just kind of saw being played out scene by scene that I was like, hmm, am I going to get bored of knowing what's going to happen next? Do I need some more suspense? Do I need some more, you know, have me hanging at the, you know, on the edge of my seat? And I, I think I do. I think I do, and I'm not sure if this trauma is going to have that for me just yet. Again, this is just the first three episodes, so I could just be, you know, it could just be this way up front, and then we kind of get to all that in later episodes, but it is only, I think, 12-episode drama, so I'm a little, I don't know. I don't know about that. That was my first, my, some of my initial thoughts on these first three episodes was like, I kind of know what's going to happen, I feel, and I didn't feel as like, <gasps> Ooh, what? Ooh, you know, at any point. And I didn't know if I was supposed to or if I was supposed to wait for that. And um, yeah, I don't know. And then there's this kind of 
weird love triangle that they have set up. And in the synopsis, as you can see, we have this this king, you know, kingpin, this this drug lord running all of Gangnam. And then we also have this, you know, detective who is going undercover in this drug cartel situation. And then you also have his wife who's also a detective, but also a detective who knows this drug lord from high school, you know? And and I don't like that the triangle that they've set up isn't a real triangle because he is obviously married to her. So it's literally his wife. There is no real love triangle, but there is this like element to the first couple episodes, especially after they kind of find out they're all connected where you kind of see our, um, our lead character, Jumu, like you kind of see him, um, being a little like perturbed and annoyed and disturbed by the fact that, you know, this man is kind of like, you know, this was his first, his wife was his first love. And I don't really like this type of triangle because you know how I am about love triangles, guys, where you can love it or you can hate it. And I mean, this isn't even a love triangle, right? Technically, but in a way it is presenting itself as one. And I don't like love triangles when I, when there's one person in the triangle who is obviously has no chance of being with the other person. And in this case, it's very apparent that our drug lord has no chance of being with our, you know, with the wife of our June Moon character. So I'm just kind of like, mm, I don't know if this is, this feels a little stale and it's not as exciting of a conflict that it, like, that I want. I feel like I need a little bit more if you're going to throw in this kind of like wife and this kind of love element. I would want it to feel like more of a conflict, more pressure than it really is. And it's like mm, a more tension. And I don't feel it at all. I guess it's just kind of like, oh, like he, they, the, the synopsis says, like keeping her safe at all times. And I don't know if I want that. I don't know if that's the love element to this story that I really one. I feel like it's just not as exciting. It really isn't. But, you know, I could just be saying that pretty early on. It's just the first three episodes. Now, the things that, again, like I said, I, there's so much here that I love. I love the hidden identity. I love the undercover detect- detective setup. My favorite. One of my faves, right? I love that his character itself has been already crafted in such a, just a clean clear way where he is coming from a background where his father is in prison for drug related charges he is a former junk you know his father was a junkie you know so he has these these this connection with drugs and this kind of this this disdain for it so he's the only one that they believe would be um the best person for this job because he wouldn't be the person who kind of like you know falls for the drugs right um because he disdains it he hates it so it's like a personal vendetta he has against drugs itself so i love that they set that up but the other element that i think they set up for him is this aspect of him being um feeling a little inferior in regards to his in his marriage and his wife because she's also a detective but she's obviously higher ranked than him and she comes from a family of police officers and detectives and they all have been in the highest of ranks and he is kind of on the lowly side of um, his career and so he feels this pressure to to do to go up ranks and that is his motivation also um, in taking on this this detective work yet that could for me I like that aspect of the character as a far like I feel like it puts him in a position it puts us in a position to give him no it gives his character dimension yes but I also am like I'm not sure if I like that about his character like if I just personally don't think that's likable this concept of him feeling inferior um to his wife because she has a higher rank in 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 and whatnot it I know and also I feel like there's this also undertone of he feels some guilt towards his wife and his wife's family because of something his father did in the past um and so I know that there's something there but I just I don't know it makes him feel a little pitiful and and I don't know if I like that they've set his character up in this kind of pitiful way um and then you put him in this kind of you know drug cartel situation where he's playing an underling and it just it just starts to make his character feel just kind of like 
pitiful <laughs> at some point and I feel bad for him and I don't want to feel bad for him I want to be like oh my gosh he's so cool he's so cool and I don't know if I feel that way just yet um I feel a little like just pity you know like oh poor guy you know that kind of thing and I'm waiting for the turn where we can get him in a position where I can feel like wow look at him go you know that kind of position and then you have our our king our kind of kingpin our drug lord who's running the streets of Gangnam um and in his character in his setup I also am not in love with it and I think it's because (laughs) see I don't know I'm so picky about these characters and especially when I feel like the plot itself is one that I love and I'm already going to be rioting and supporting then I need the characters to also be as just kind of supportive of that plot and I'm struggling I think with the character aspect because the kingpin our drug lord here who is we don't have his full backstory obviously we're just in the first three episodes but there is some kind of misgivings as far as there are some kind of um you know there's some setup of him having a very tragic past um something to do with his mother and his father and him having to go you know i guess fall into this lifestyle because of that upbringing and kind of was being pushed into it and so we we have that and i'm not mad at that setup i actually like that and then his first love being this girl that you know he kind of loses touch with after the tragedy that takes place in his family you know and they grew up in church together like I I liked all of his backstory what I don't like is him present day and this kind of like real motivation for him doing all the bad things that he's doing um I'm not sure if I I I understand that yet and I don't know if I support it or if I ever will and I don't know if there is going to be an element to his character that I end up really liking and I kind of sort of do like the fact that he um, basically you know meets up or reunites with his long lost first love and he has this kind of moment of revealing his you know that soft spot for her and showing that he kind of still has this like little you know this 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 love for her and he doesn't know he's just doing that in the face of her husband obviously but I kind of like that element to his character but again it's pitiful because he has no chance with her whatsoever. He's a drug lord, she's a detective, and she's married to a detective that is being undercover in your drug cartel. You know, like, so I, it's just like a lot of pity, pitifulness going around in this show so far with the characters. And I want a little bit more. And I'm used to, I guess, this kind of like gangster cool you know these gangster setups and these dramas being from a place of like these really cool characters and I don't feel like we have that yet and I don't know if that's gonna be the thing that ends up making this drama stand out and stand apart from some of the other stories that are very similar to it or if it's gonna be the thing that's gonna bore me and make me not enjoy it as much because I'm not fully behind the characters so I haven't figured out what I feel yet with this 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 drama I like I said I think Changwook is at his finest as he always is when he's in action will the dramas disappoint me i don't know but he himself man i missed him i when i tell you i i don't care about anybody else in this drama when he's on the screen I, when he's on the screen i am captivated and i'm not saying that i'm captivated by his character necessarily but i am captivated by him and his face and his performances and his acting all by its lonesome like he is he is it he is it for me he is literally it for me i mean i don't know what to tell you guys he is it he's in the best form in this type of drama for me so i would really love it if i could fall head over heels for his character i would really really love it because i already i'm just loving seeing his face on the screen and seeing his acting oh my gosh i'm just loving seeing his acting I just wanted to love this character. I want to love it so much. I want to love the character so much. So that come in to play in these next episodes, then we have a winner on our hands. But if that, if it stays kind of just like with this mediocreness and pitifulness revolving around these characters, 
then I might, I might lose interest. I will I not? Will I finish this drama? Absolutely, because again, we got JCW in its greatest form. Um, but I can see where some problems may arise. I can see where some problems may arise. So that is really my thoughts, uh, my initial thoughts on these first three episodes of The Worst of Evil. The only other thing I will mention is that I this I'm not gonna say hate. I do not like this title the worst of evil it sounds like so many other dramas titles but also it doesn't reveal i'm like how is that it seems like such a strong title and i don't know where that's going to show out show up in this in this actual drama like this the worst of evil you know what i mean like when you say the worst of evil i think of evil you know what i mean so i'm really trying to find out where that's going to be in this story because I don't see it just yet and it may have something to do with the past with our younger when their younger versions their younger selves that could be where the worst of evil is but I feel like it's a that's a very strong title and the other element that they're throwing out very early on is this kind of Christianity and the church and I'm trying to figure out where that it's going to come into place because, again, the worst of evil. I do think, you know, I I do think biblically, I do think Christianity, I do think church when you start talking about evil. So I'm wondering if that does come back into play or not. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be really disappointed, you know, I'm going to be really disappointed um, because I feel like there's so much they could do with that. They could, there's so much they could do with that in this setting of this in the story. So I'm not sure. I don't know. Either way, as you can see, I'm struggling with this drama. I I want to love it, and I don't yet. And I guess that's my problem. I was like, I want to love this so much. I want to love it so much. There's so much I should love. I mean, I do love, but there's so much that I that should, I should love about this drama, and I don't. And I don't. It's only three episodes. But it is only three episodes, so I can't be too harsh on this drama. There's, it's only three, and I and I can give it a lot. But it's only twelve episodes, I think, guys. And if it's only twelve episodes, I expect to feel some kind of way by a certain point, unless this is a part two. Or is this going to be a, a part one or part two drama? I can't tell. I don't know. Uh, oh, and I didn't even mention the bromance element. I mean, I didn't mention the bromance possibilities are endless, but I love me a good bromance. Oh my gosh, I love me a good bromance. And I have to say, the setup is very, 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 very obvious. Like I said, it's very obvious the way that a bromance setup can work in this. In this, But I'm having a hard time recognizing if they're going to go there because... Like I said, they're in a weird way. They they're positioning them as rivals because for this this the love of this woman, even though he is her husband. You know, like there should be no rivaling, obviously. But I feel like they're putting them against each other because of her, before they can even form a real like connection on their own outside of her. I kind of wish there was a delayed reveal of her connection to. Um, the Gicho character, the King Lord, I mean, the, the King George, the Kingpin drug Lord. I was hoping they kind of, you know, waited to reveal that connection so that we can see Junmo and Gicho kind of start forming this kind of friendship, even in spite of, you know, him being there to capture Gicho. Um, I would have liked to see that a little bit more. But it's to say, it's not to say that it can't happen, I guess, but I find it hard to believe that it could. But then if that's not the route that they're going, if they're going to completely say no bromance in this, this is not about bromance, they are rivals, then I would want the love story to be more epic and grand. And I don't know if that's going to be there either. So this drama might be, you know, shooting itself in the foot already where they can't go too strong on one way or the other. If you're going to give me romance, you got to give me romance. If you're going to give me romance, you got to give me romance. If you can't give me one or the other, you can't half give me both. You know what I 
<laughs> you got to go full in on one of them. And I'm not sure if they're going full in on either one of them. And I'm a little concerned about that. I'm a little concerned about that. And we're in the 90s again. So again, I'm getting bored of the 90s this year, but that's neither here nor there. Either way, I am watching this drama. I am loving Jungkook already. Performance already is amazing. He is already so amazing. I just want his character to live up to his performance. I know that sounds backwards and weird, but it's true. Like I have seen actors completely act way better than the character that they have been provided on the page. And it's always a disappointment because it's like, they deserve a better character with all of that that they're giving. And I hope that's not the case here because Changluk is already killing, he's already killing it. He's already killing it. If I was in this with him, I would feel very pressured to be in scenes with him because he's already showing people up. I'm just going to say it like that. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that his character lives up to his performance. And the same with the other so the other characters because Gichul, he has so much of a backstory that I really like. And I like I said, I like where they show him the glimmers of him having this this love for this, you know, the first love of his life. I'm I'm loving seeing those glimmers. And again, how June, he's he's doing that. So I'm really enjoying that. I just I don't know about him in present day if I like him so much. Okay. So I'm I don't know. I I need to see a little bit more. I need to see a little bit more. I'm only on the third episode, so there's room to play with, but not much because it's only 12 episodes, so they got some work to do. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It is very gory and bloody, like I said, and I think Disney Plus is just on one this year, but it's okay. I can handle it. I, I can handle it. I can totally handle it. But either way... And that's not true. There was a part where I totally was hiding behind my hands. But, you know, there's, there's, there's neither here nor there. There's neither here nor there. This is a, a, this is a story about that. So I got to take it. I got to take it. But either way, that is it, guys. I am done talking about Twinkling Watermelon and The Worst of Evil. And I will say, the fact that I put them both in the same episode, um, it did... superficially kind of create to me this kind of compare like me this comparison between the two and I will say that these these two kind of like male leads are like the similar in both where we have the father son and then we have these two um kind of you know detective and drug lord set up and I kind of thought that was interesting I just was recognizing like okay both of these stories have a very kind of male lead focused um, focus and so that's an interest that's interesting but either way um there's no other real comparison <laughs> but I'm in, I'm looking forward to see where they go with this I'm hoping the worst of evil comes and just completely blows me out of the water I'm already very much enjoying twinkling watermelon so I don't have many qualms about that drama but I just want the worst of evil to be one of my favorite dramas this year and after just watching the first three episodes, I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Um, but I hope it proves me wrong and like blows me out of the water by the end. So fingers crossed, guys, for the worst of evil being my favorite drama of the year, even though it has not completely started off that way. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that's it, guys. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or the afternoon or the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off. <laughs>